Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I say goodbye to one of the biggest factions in the WWE over the last 20 years, The Shield. Dean Ambrose, by all accounts, is leaving the WWE, but is this goodbye or just to be continued? Plus, Cody Rhodes' opponent at AEW Double or Nothing is revealed, and CM Punk may have made his return to wrestling over the weekend at a local indie in Wisconsin. The Shield's final chapter, and they had their one last match. Again, we thought we saw the end of The Shield on Raw in Ohio, but they chose to give them this showcase on the WWE Network, and pretty much it was just the end of a house show, and they used it to say goodbye to The Shield. And what did you think of the final chapter of The Shield last night? Well, they played the greatest hits. They went over. It was an ultra, ultra feel-good moment. I think it's probably, and Dave, correct me, have you ever seen such a feel-good moment for somebody that was leaving the company in the middle of a, of a huge run or the prime of their career? No, I, I haven't. I was actually talking about this with Alex Metz before the show. And listen, I, I get the shield and the significance of the shield, and we'll get into that too, Bully. Um, you know, for a team that was together, I guess you could say it was together for six and a half years, but they really weren't because for most of the last six and a half years, they weren't together. But that's 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 a discussion for later on. What that really was about last night was saying goodbye to Dean Ambrose. And you can tell from the crowd, you got the chance of thank you, Ambrose, and please don't go when it came to Ambrose. I mean, Corey Graves had the jean jacket on, you know, Renee Young had the the, the jean jacket on with Dean Ambrose is, you know, uh, embroiled on, on the sleeve. And, you know, Ambrose himself before the, before the show was wearing the jean jacket as well. And it just seemed like this was a goodbye to Dean Ambrose, which is really, really odd to go back to your question, Bully, because he's somebody who's leaving. And when's the last time the WWE threw out this many rose petals to the feet of somebody who was walking out the door. I, like I, That's why I asked you the question, because you're the historian here. I don't remember. And listen, who knows? I could make a... After last night, I could make a case for a lot of different scenarios. I can make a case for him staying, and I can make a case for him leaving. Because after last night, you think that they basically sent him off into the sunset, right? Yes. So if he were to go to lay low for a month or two and then show up at an opportunistic time, they would have swerved the hell out of you, yes? Yes. I mean, and, and, and do you think ultimately that might be the direction that they're going in? I, I said on the show a couple of weeks ago, if I, were, if I was going to bet a dollar, I, I would bet a dollar that he was going to show up someplace else. And... And I'll tell you why. Um, Alex, can we play the audio of his uh, his speech? There was a couple of lines in his speech that really stuck out to me. Can we get that on? If somebody tries to tell you that you can't do something, that you can't be the thing that you see yourself being, you stick your middle finger high in the air and you march forward and you tell them that S.H.I.E.L.D. said so. Well, there you go. That's courtesy of uh, WWE Network from The Shield's final chapter. That was the last thing Ambrose said before they signed off last night. So let's take the first part. If somebody tells you you can't do something. Now, we've heard a lot of people say that before. That's kind of cliche. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something because you can do anything you want if you set your mind to it, right? Yes. You could hear that in sports and wrestling and radio uh, anywhere in the world. The thing that struck me is the second line. 
If anybody tells you you can't be the thing you want to be, I believe Dean is speaking about himself within the world of WWE. I believe that Dean was not allowed to be the version of Dean Ambrose that he wanted to be. And then he says, you, he goes on to say, you stick your middle finger up into the air and you, you, know, you, you, know, you, you leave or do whatever, or tell him the shield told you so. Him sticking his middle finger up in the air could be him leaving on his terms with a nice goodbye party that nobody else has gotten. Yep. Or his middle finger in the air could be another company. And like I said, um, I think there's a good chance we see Dean Ambrose in AEW. That's my own personal feeling. Listen, Dave, I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong before. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that I, I know everything that's going on. Can I pick up a phone and make a couple of phone calls and find out? Probably. But why would I want to do that? I don't want to take, I don't want to take away the guessing game from me. And I don't want to come on here and tell everybody on the show what's going on. Let them find out for themselves. Let them have to watch WWE. Let them have to stay in touch with AEW and see what's going on. And maybe the guy's just riding off into the sunset. Maybe he's going to pull a Jim Morrison, walk in the desert, go eat a, eat a bunch of mushrooms and trip for a year. Who knows? I, and you know what though? And, and bully, I love the way you kind of laid it out there. Cause it's very, very interesting. Cause you asked me the question, when's the last time somebody who is leaving got this kind of address as they're walking out the door. And obviously the biggest one would be Ric Flair when he supposedly re retired after WrestleMania 24, which he wound up going to TNA shortly there. Actually ring of, he did, it was like an ambassador for ring of honor. And then he went on to TNA or I might have my timeline kind of screwed up, but you know where I'm going. He went to a different company, but that was a hall of fame wrestler arguably the greatest wrestler of all time saying goodbye and doing it in a, with a match with Shawn Michaels. And he had to send off with the hall of fame the night before, and then Monday night raw the night after, but that's the greatest of all time. And that's somebody that they thought at the time was saying goodbye to his career. And then you look at like what we were talking about a lot last week with Bret Hart, who was definitely leaving to go to another company and they wanted him to do the right thing. And there wasn't exactly like a hero's wave goodbye as he was walking out the door. I can honestly, to answer your question, I cannot remember somebody who was just either, either saying goodbye this early or leaving to possibly go to another company, get this kind of send off because it's happened multiple times. Now it is a little curious because it's also the end of the shield and they hold that faction in high regard in the WWE. So if he's saying goodbye, the shield is also saying goodbye, but man, to get this kind of send off and to get multiple farewells, cause we saw it on raw and now they had their own special on the WWE network. It makes me kind of lean towards that somehow, some way, whether it's storyline or otherwise, he's going to find his way back into the fold in the WWE. Uh, and fair enough. I, I can't argue your assessment because uh, half of what I said earlier is basically the same. I mean, th there is a good chance that's going to happen. I just don't think Dean is happy with, the, with his direction, and I don't think he's been happy in quite some time. And you can't tell me a guy who's in his, what is he, in his early 30s? You know, is really going to walk away. So if he if he turned around and he stayed with the WWE, I wouldn't be shocked, and I would be happy because hey, this was a great setup. They pulled, they did it really, really well, and it's a hell of a swerve. Now, if he were to show up back in the WWE, hopefully they do something with him that's a little bit more enjoyable for him, and that he could sink his teeth into. Because let me tell you something. He sank his teeth into that promo last night, didn't he? Yeah, he did. At and the end, for sure. Yeah. I wonder who wrote that script for him. Who do you think wrote that for him, Dave? I don't know. Nobody. There you go. He wrote it himself off the top of his head. Well, I mean, to just to, to piggyback that, 
I mean, obviously those last two lines wasn't the only thing that was said in the promo. Because honestly, up until those last two lines, Bully, it seemed kind of scripted. It seemed contrived. Like he was talking about, don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't do something. Look at the shield. Look at what we've done. Like it was, it was a little bit much and a little bit over the top. The only thing that really struck you was those last two lines. Because that's when it seemed like he got serious. And he's saying about giving the middle finger. And don't let somebody tell you what to do. Or yeah, And that's where it kind of struck you. Like, for the first time in that promo, that's where it actually felt like it was coming from him and his heart. I think that they were leaving the door open, Dave. I agree that he was speaking from the heart and... The, the first part could seem contrived. Like I said, when he said, you can do anything that you want to do. Yeah, we've heard that before. In sports, we've heard uh, athletes tell us that. We've hear everybody tell us that. If you really set your mind to it, you can do anything you want to do. I think the promo leaves the door open. I think Dean is unique. They've never had a superstar like him just pick up and leave or let his contract expire. They don't know what he's going to do. I've heard reports that the WWE thinks he's going to retire. What they're doing is they're leaving the door open. They're not going to put put a bullet in the back of the head of the shield that would be stupid so let's leave it real open-ended let's say dean decides let's say he was going to retire and comes out of retirement well we could always put him back in the shield let's say dean is just going on a big leave of absence and he wants to come back we can always do the shield let's say that dean goes to aew for a year or two or three and things don't work out there and he wants to come back to the wwe because he's still young enough boom we can put him back in the shield Instead of closing the door on the shield, let's leave it wide open because the act is too valuable to us. And, and the act is a proven moneymaker. And, you know, you look at other factions, and, and we we know this from the history of pro wrestling, Bully. I mean, and let's use the Four Horsemen as an example. I mean, the Four Horsemen that ended was completely different than the Four Horsemen that started. You know, Ole Anderson left, and then it, in comes Barry Windham. Barry Windham is out, in comes Sting and Lex Luger. Like, there was multiple, like, fourth men with the Four Horsemen. You know, they could have easily put somebody else, you know, we and we saw it for a time with, you know, Kurt Angle for a match being one of the Shield members for a pay-per-view. But... They could have easily put somebody else in that position. They could have easily said, all right, Dean Ambrose is leaving, whether it's he's retiring or he's moving on to another company. They could have easily put somebody else in the shield. And at first it would feel awkward, but we know after the, the after time, fans would probably be comfortable with it. But they chose to end the shield last night, not have it go to a different chapter because they were clear saying last night was the final chapter. Uh, I think last night, despite being called the final chapter, was a little bit more of a to be continued. Right, so it, be, it, it appears on the surface because they have to kind of close the book on it. But internally, I think it's a to be continued. Let's take the worst case scenario for WWE, Dave. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he splits and he goes to AEW for three years or goes to Ring of Honor for three years or goes to New Japan for three years. And it doesn't work out and he wants to come back. You think they're going to take him back with open arms? Of course. Yes. And what can they do the minute he comes back? They reunite the shield. There you go. But again, it's something to think about. If, if you really think, if you're the WWE and you think he's gone, Dean Ambrose is gone, he's unhappy, he's sticking the middle finger in the air on the way out because they never let him be what he truly wanted to be, WWE, and they've done it in the past, could just stick somebody else in that faction and it'd still be the shield. But they're choosing to at least right now end it until, who knows, like Bully said, maybe three years down the road. Busted Open Podcast. We kissed Dean Ambrose goodbye last night on the WWE Network. See what I did there? Kiss Dean goodbye, the sweetness and the sorrow. I'm done. Oh, that's pretty good croning right there. Um, on croning. the final chapter, croning. or I should say before the final chapter, if you go to WWE.com, Michael Cole sat down with the shield, and there was some interesting back and forth especially from Dean Ambrose and courtesy of WWE.com. Let's listen in to what Ambrose had to say. You mentioned pillars. 
And as we head now toward a, a very historic moment in time in, in this company's history uh, in the fall, um, our universal champion on Monday Night Raw is Seth Rollins. Uh, the cornerstone now of SmackDown Live is Roman Reigns. Let me stop you right there because I already know what your final question is going to be, okay? And I don't appreciate people putting words in my mouth and I don't appreciate people trying to tell the story of my life to fit their narrative, okay? Eight years ago, I walked into this casino. Now I'm cashing my chips and I'm walking away from the table. I won the game. And what I do with the rest of my life from here on out is my business. I answer to no one. This time the million dollar man didn't get what he wanted. Because I can't be bought. So if you excuse us, it's time for us to go do the thing that I want the shield to be remembered for. That's kicking serious ass. All right, a few things on that sit down. Number one, Michael Cole says, hey, this is a very important fall for the WWE. Doesn't say why, but obviously we all know why the move to Fox that's coming up in the fall in October. He mentions Raw, and now Seth Rollins is your universal champion and the guy on Monday Night Raw. Interesting how he follows that up with SmackDown. He says that Roman Reigns is now on SmackDown and the cornerstone of that show. First of all, before we move on to Ambrose, what do you think about what Michael Cole had to say? He's setting everybody up. He's setting everything up. Do you, do you, it's, it, but it, again, this kind of piggybacks our conversation from last week, Bully, and that, and we, we did an entire show on it last week. Obviously, Seth Rollins is your universal champion. Roman Reigns gets pulled off a of Monday Night Raw. Seth is your universal champion, but Kofi Kingston's your WWE champion. Yet, Michael Cole says that Roman Reigns is your cornerstone of SmackDown Live. So, you know, the debating that you and I had back and forth, it seems like at least the company narrative is that Roman Reigns is your guy on SmackDown Live. I've been more than happy to discuss it with you again, but I thought we made it very evident um, last week. Uh, yeah, Kofi's your champion. I get that. That was your feel-good moment. And, and everybody's happy that Kofi is the WWE champion on SmackDown. That does not mean in the, in the company's eyes that he's the biggest star moving forward. The biggest star is Roman Reigns. The biggest star has always been Roman Reigns. And moving forward, it will be Roman, Re Roman Reigns. How do I know this for a fact? Because it came out of Vince McMahon's mouth to me in Boston when he said, Bubba, we need to do anything and everything possible to get Roman over. This is the guy that puts food on our table for the next 10 to 15 years. I, I'm just telling you, I mean, I mean, I heard those words come out of the man's mouth. So w what else do you need to know? No, I, I, I think it's evident. And, you know, it was more probably bully with me. It was probably more wishful thinking. I was hoping that the next five to six months was about building up Kofi Kingston as a credible champion to be the face of the of the show when they moved to Fox. But I think it's very, very clear, not only from Michael's Michael Cole's comments last night, but what we saw on SmackDown and what's going to be followed up tomorrow night on SmackDown. When you're knocking out Vince McMahon in the middle of the ring, your first appearance on the show. I think that's very, very telling. And then hearing those words from Michael Cole, what you just said, Bully, is absolutely true. So I think when they do go to this important period for the WWE, which is the fall, which is the move to Fox, that Roman Reigns is going to be your guy. And Dave, the Vince McMahon thing doesn't even matter. Like I told you last week, that was just icing on the cake. That was just the cherry on top. That was a that was a safety net just in case the Elias thing didn't work. It doesn't matter that that Roman gave Vince the Superman punch. Who was the last person on SmackDown last week? It was Roman Reigns. That's it. That's all you need to know. That's the last thing they wanted you to see. Not Kofi. Kofi opened the show. Kofi and the whole Kevin Owens thing and the feel good and had fun and all that. And I think they're going to set up for a Cohen's turn. The last thing you saw was Roman Reigns. They go off the air with Roman Reigns. 
Vince is there just in case. Just in case the people were to start booing, they know all Roman has to do is knock Vince out. Boom, they start to cheer Roman, especially in a city like Montreal. So I'm not shocked by Cole's comments. Roman is the guy. I've known that Roman is the guy for years now. Not because I have any inside information. I I heard it from the boss's mouth. Yep, and 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 that's and that's quite evident as we're moving forward. But then I want to talk about the last thing, and that's Ambrose, and Ambrose, and it sounded like he was a bit in character when he was talking to Michael Cole. And and you know what? I I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to say this. When I was listening, I wrote down sounded like a well scripted promo. Yes. So me and you were on the same page. Keep yeah. going. Yeah, it sounded like he was in character, and he mentioned Ted DiBiase, and but he did mention the pay. And it goes back to... No, he wasn't mentioning Ted DiBiase. The million-dollar man was Vince McMahon. They, but that's what I mean. Like It sounds like he was saying like the million-dollar man, but he was talking about Vince McMahon and all the speculation of that contract that they offered Dean Ambrose, and he said no to. That one sounded like a well-scripted promo. Absolutely. So maybe he wouldn't let the million-dollar man buy him out, but he's going to let the billion-dollar man buy him out. Yeah. And, and and the fact is that that whole thing with the contract and him saying no to the contract and there wasn't any amount of money that he was going to say yes to, that's not something that was played out on WWE programming. That's all stuff that was you know reported and speculated about outside of what we see on Monday Night Raw. So the fact that they actually did the sit-down where Dean Ambrose was in character and he speculated about that, again, makes me think that this is something that's a work and it's something that's going to play out, That, in, very, in my opinion. Very well could be. And listen, maybe this is a little bit of both. And and, and when I say both, I don't mean... Um, I don't, I don't mean like a, a shoot or anything like that. What mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is how long ha- – from the very first day that we heard that Dean was leaving up until last night, how long has this been? Two months, three months? Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been about two and a half months, I would say. Would you say that there's been enough time for the possibility to get Dean to change his mind? Yes. Without a doubt, two and a half yes. months is a long time for let to, to let cooler heads prevail. Sit down with Dean. Um, reports were that it didn't, he didn't even want to read his contract. Didn't even want to see the offer. Maybe they sit down with Renee and say, "Hey, listen, we'd like to offer your husband this much." But I'm just giving you outside of the box things where maybe during this whole process they were able to come to terms. Mm. And that's why last night sounded like a little bit of a scripted promo. Maybe we just don't know. We just don't know. I think that's the biggest thing because it's funny because, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of the nation is the same. We, you know, we read the, the, the comments from Dave Meltzer and Dave Meltzer thinks that, you know, he's done. You know, there was reports that, all right, this might be a work. And then there's reports, oh, he may go to AEW. Now, you know, there's reports that this is it, and he may be saying goodbye to pro wrestling. I mean, so as much as that we've been thinking about it's going in one way, you are pro- you may be right. I'm sure there's been multiple sit-downs with Dean Ambrose hoping that he would re-sign this contract, and maybe what he felt or what he thought three months ago is completely different than what he feels right now. And listen, not them sending you your contract and not reading it because you want to purposely avoid it is one thing. You can't purposely avoid sitting down with the man at Raw or SmackDown. Once you walk into that building on a Monday or a Tuesday, it's very easy for them to say, Dean, Vince wants to see you in these office. You can't run away from that. So there's a good that maybe they had a talk, maybe something happened. I'm just speculating here. Yeah. Any anything could happen. Dean, you didn't want this much money. Well, I'll give you this much money. Look, let's look at this from thirty thousand feet for one second, Dave. Who just left yesterday? Goldust. Yeah. So now uh, is the WWE looking at the possibility of Goldust? And Dean Ambrose possibly working for AEW? You want to talk about cracks in the wall? And how long have I been talking about this cracks in the wall crap? Hey, you've been talking about it a while. 
That's two more. Now, am I saying that Goldust is going to work for AEW? No. All we know is that he's going to be on Double or Nothing in one of the main events against his brother Cody. Cody. I know we'll talk about that later, and I love it. But Goldust and the possibility of Dean Ambrose, because we know Goldust is gone, and and who knows what the future holds for Sasha Banks at this at this time. There you go. I mean, I don't even want to get. It. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really well versed enough into the 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 particulars of what's well, going it's all on. Speculation. With her. Correct. It's Dean is speculation too, but we know for sure he's probably going to disappear for a while. Yes, that I think we know. I mean, if he were to show up on raw tonight i think we'd all be shocked yeah i mean i mean isn't this the beauty of pro wrestling i mean think about when no when done the right yes and you know you look at these three distinctly different characters and pro wrestlers you know with different lineage too you got dean ambrose from what we know and what they've told us does not want to come back did not resign with the company. You have Goldust, who's been with the company for forever and has been a, a pro wrestler for what thirty years. Now going on to AEW, giving his you know notice to the WWE, asking for his release and moving on to AEW. And then you have Sasha Banks, which is purely speculation because the WWE is not saying anything definitive. But from everything that you've seen on social media and all the reports, shows that she's very, very unhappy. So this is a this is a weird time. Michael Cole saying that this is a very big time for the WWE because what's going to happen in the fall. But when you look at these cracks, as you explained it to be bully is a very interesting, uh, very interesting times for the WWE right now. Let's not forget about Luke Harper. Yep. Cody, uh, not Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper, Sasha Banks, all people. The one thing that they all have in common, not happy, want to leave. Yep. All with giant question marks on them. Those are four significant names. We talked about from a year a year ago, two years ago, whatever it was, Cody was the first crack. And all you need is one crack in that dam. Eventually before a second crack, a third crack. And they're looking at potential, a lot of potential cracks in the wall. Is that dam going to come crumbling down? No, I don't believe that's going to happen. But I, I believe that as more people leave, two things have to happen, Dave. More people have to leave, but more importantly, they have to find success on the other side. Yes. Cody has found success on the other side, correct? Yes, he has. Who else has found success on the other side? See, so you're being and then leaving. I think Cody Rhodes is the blueprint of it. I there don't know go. if anyone has touched the success of Cody Rhodes. Busted Open Podcast. We did find out definitively who Cody's going to face at Double or Nothing. He mentioned Double or Nothing before, and there's a lot to look at when you look at what's going to take place in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing. But it's going to be brother versus brother, Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes. How do you feel about it? I'm excited about it. And there's a couple of reasons. This is a match that we thought we were going to see in the WWE. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people who said, well, we saw that at Fastlane 2015. Well, that was that was Goldust versus uh, Stardust. You know, you know what I mean? It was not even in the same universe. Yes. And then we and I know there was some house shows where there was a combination of, you know, Cody versus go completely different than what we're going to see at Double or Nothing. So I am very intrigued, and I'm I, honestly I gotta scold myself because I was kind of figuring what you know Cody has been teasing it for a while about who his opponent was going to be at Double or Nothing. I never thought of his brother Dustin. It is a phenomenal idea, and I love it. I love it on so many different levels. The first reason I love it is because I love it for Dustin. Um, I think the world of him. I always have got along great with him phenomenal worker took a gimmick uh, who who else do you think could have pulled off gold dust difficult gimmick to pull off Dave. yes you know he immersed himself in it but the reason i the reason i'm most happy for him is because um i i spent time with him in tna and i think he had a very 
low part point in his life at TNA. Went back to the WWE, got back in phenomenal shape, got clean, looks great in the ring. There's nothing that he can't do. I'm looking at this. You know how Christians are born again and they, you know, uh, they are, you know, dipped in the water and they come up and they're born again, Dave? Yep. I'm looking at this as baptism for Dustin Rhodes. This is going to be his rebirth. And even if it's only one match, it's going to be a rebirth for him. You're going to see the best of 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 Dustin Rhodes. You really are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we do have some audio from Dustin Rhodes in that road to double or nothing. I think Cody's making a mistake having a match with me. I do. Cody is facing his reckoning. There has to be an end to it. So you're going to get all of me. The world is going to get all of me. Everything that I have. This is a fight that needs to end. This should have ended years ago. One last ride. Or is it? I like it. And again, that was from just this was that was posted just this Saturday on the road to double or nothing. And and Dustin Rhodes says it. You know, is this the last ride? You know, it, it's the last ride or is it? And I think that's an interesting question because you just said, you know, this isn't born again. This is being baptized. So Dustin Rhodes at the age of 50, this is a new life for him. And I'm excited, and I'm hoping it goes beyond just one match or double or nothing. And this is another case where I say age is just a number and shouldn't matter a damn thing. Look at that promo he cut. Look at how impassioned. Look at how you were drawn into that. When I watched it, I loved it. I loved it because there's so much reality involved. I'm not going to go into the Dustin-Cody personal relationship, okay? But let me tell you this. When you hear Dustin speaking about Cody and how Cody might be underestimating Dustin, and then there was another piece that was out there where Dustin talks about Cody's ego, this is all based in reality, folks. This is real family things that have been going on for a long, long time that they're going to turn into some great business. Whenever I looked at Dustin and Cody, obviously, I see the dream, and I see the best in the dream in Dustin and Cody. To me, Dustin was always the better worker. And to me, Cody was the brains. And when you bring those two together, man, that's going to make for one hell of an event. Remember that feeling, Dave, at All In when Cody stood across from from uh, from Nick Aldis? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah remember of course how the, I do. Remember how the, sometimes I talk and I don't think you listen. <laughs> All right, forget it. What do you want to talk about? No, go, please go on. I said yes. Remember that feeling? Remember how that place was boiling? Before they even touched, 11,400 people were so excited. I think that's what you get at Double or Nothing. I think 14,000 people are going to be boiling. And when those two come face to face, my God, what a moment. And you know the dream is going to have a giant smile on his face. And it's a great point by you, Bully, because the reasoning is that this moment probably means a lot more than the moment that we saw it all in. The reason I was so involved in that story, and Nick Aldis, again, tremendous NWA champion before that match at All In, and he is now. But that was all about Cody becoming an NWA champion. Cody capturing that title that his father captured. You know, for that organization that was synonymous with his dad. Now you're going even deeper, brother versus brother. And again, for the fans too. For an old school fan like me, it would have been just, and it was a tremendous moment to see Cody Rhodes holding that NWA championship above his head. But this was a match that a lot of fans wanted to see in the WWE. A lot of fans thought it would be a WrestleMania match between Dustin and Cody and it never happened especially after their dad passed away you would think they would have dropped the gimmicks and it would have been brother versus brother and now we're able to see it now with a completely different company at double or nothing you're right there is going to be a moment during that show when Cody and Dustin are going to be standing in the ring face to face and you're going to get chills just like you did at all in 
You know, and as successful as Cody has been outside of the ring, obviously with the creation or being a part of the creation of AEW and how Cody and the Bucks were able to tap into this fan base and all of the ultra positive stuff that's going on with AEW outside of the ring. When it comes to Cody inside the ring, you know how I always talk about everybody needs somebody in the ring, Dave, Mm because you can't do it on your own? Yep. Look at the importance of guys like Nick Aldis, and look at the importance of Dustin Rhodes. Without Nick Aldis and that NWA championship, what does Cody do at All In? Without Dustin and that family story, what does Cody do at Double or Nothing? It's true. I don't These know. These guys are very important to Cody's in-ring career. And I think Cody has been, um, I'll, I'll use the word genius, in choosing his opponents for these two events. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with you. And speaking of Cody's brother, Dustin, that's exactly what Fred in Virginia wants to talk about. Fred, what did you want to say about Dustin Rhodes? Good morning, brothers. Listen, man, I was just thinking while y'all were talking, man, you remember Kane and Daniel Bryan? I'm the world tag team champions. No, I'm the world tag team champions. If you can just imagine Dusty chopping Cody, I was dad's favorite. Cody comes back with a chop. No, I was dad's favorite. No, I'm dad's favorite. I just think it's hilarious. And it works great because a lot of people have that annoying little brother or big brother that they've always fought for, for dad's love, you know? And Fred, and Fred, thanks for the phone call. I don't think it's going to go in that direction. I could be wrong. But what Fred is saying as far as like the Daniel Bryan and Kane, like it got quirky. It got silly. I don't think anybody's going to want that story going in that type of a direction, Bully. I don't think they need to go there because that's going to be the subliminal underlying theme of the story. Dusty will be the underlying theme. How could he not be? His two sons. I mean, do you remember? Did you listen to the piece where Dustin said that we grew up differently? Yep. And did you see when Dustin said that Cody grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth? Yes. Dustin grew up hard, man, under Dusty. I'm not going to go into their entire personal lives based on the stories that I've heard from Dustin. He did not have it easy. I'm not saying that Cody did have it easy. I'm sure Cody had it a lot easier than Dustin did. And Cody didn't have to try to fill his father's boots. Dustin did. Imagine being the first son of Dusty Rhodes. It's, it's, could could it's... you imagine how hard it must have been for Dustin? But look at what Dustin did with his career. He did a phenomenal job. Yes, there's no doubt. And, and now, Dad? No, and like with the gimmick that he had. I remember when I first saw that gimmick, I was like, oh my God, how is he going to get this over? And it's one of the, you know, the greatest gimmicks and characters of all time. And now that it, when it looks like Dustin, it, let's forget about uh, eight, uh, Double or Nothing for a second. If you, if we were talking about Dustin Rhodes today, still in the WWE, what would we be talking about? We would, t- we, we would be talking about Goldust, right? If we were even talking about him, because yes. there's nothing to talk about. They don't do anything with him over there. No. D- despite the fact that he looks great, despite the fact that it's a character that people love, despite the fact that he can work his balls off and is a, is a, a master psychologist in the ring, they do nothing with him. Now, we're talking about him. Because of, of this one match, and who knows what this can lead to. If this, if, if this was Dustin Rhodes' last match, I'd be happy. Because I know he's going out in front of 14,500 people who will truly appreciate him on that night. Yeah, and it's a and, and you're absolutely right because Gold Dust and I'm sure there's a lot of people when he announced his, you know, him leaving the WWE probably thought he was already gone from the WWE. You know, Gold Dust or Dustin Rhodes wasn't going to get the treatment that Dean Ambrose got over the course of the last few weeks. You know, even though he's given so much years and years, decades to that company, him leaving is just a footnote. 
not like what we saw with Dean Ambrose. So if truly that's his last match or double or nothing, you're absolutely right, Bully. That's the way that he should go out. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. We got, I, I, I don't know how you would phrase it. I can't say a return because I'm not really sure if you can say that. But we did get something in Wisconsin on Friday night. And, and that is a masked man appearing at an indie promotion on, in Wisconsin Friday night. And it seemed to be CM Punk used his signature GTS finisher. And CM Punk was someplace very close in the vicinity and was wearing the same clothes that CM Punk was wearing, including a hoodie that it was like it said violent gentleman hockey club so it's it's not like you can get that ever at every five and five and dime store store on the on in the corner you know what i'm saying so i mean i'm sure you heard about it bully what's your take and i mean looking at it and even looking at this masked man if i had to guess it would be cm punk i, I did we see cm punk friday night all right, let's look at it from two points of view, Dave. Okay, please. L- let's say that it's not CM Punk. Okay. And it's just um, um, a local indie promotion doing something to make people believe it's CM Punk, right? Yes. Okay. Then, they, then they've succeeded in getting us to talk about it, correct? Yes. Then good job by them. Now, <laughs> if you go to the old Twitter machine, you see that there's a picture or, or people claiming that there's a picture from CM Punk earlier in the day wearing a certain sweatshirt, and then this masked man had on the same sweatshirt later that night, and Punk was in the same uh, vicinity, area, building, whatever. So now let's assume that it was CM Punk. What have I been saying about Punk from day one on this show? What's that? You tell me. What have I been saying to you? Refresh my memory. Dude, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. You really do. You're like, I don't know who you tune out more, your wife or me. I've been saying that the punk going back to anywhere in wrestling is good for wrestling. Because he's going to get people talking. Going back to the WWE would be very easy for CM Punk. That's no big deal. But if Punk were to go back to a Ring of Honor or an AEW or anywhere, it looks like he chose to go to a small indie where there was 300 people and stir up some buzz. I think it's awesome. That's how you give back to wrestling. That's how you use your name and your stardom and your credibility to help others out. Do we know it's him for sure? Absolutely not. But if it was... Great job, man. I love it. I think you should show up to every indie you possibly can in your hood. You'd be helping all of independent wrestling at that level because you never know where or when the mass man is going to show up. I'm a fan of it. And, and Bully, it's exciting. Like, you, you, like, you're right. You still have the questions. You're wondering if it really is him or not. And if it truly is him, and I think it is, You're right. Kudos to CM Punk because I'm sure there's a big money contract waiting for him just about anywhere that he could sign. And maybe this is his way of maybe giving back to the business or maybe, you know, tip, you know, dipping his toe into the water to see if he truly does want to come back. Because, Bully, what you always do say is absolutely true. Him coming back would be good for the pro wrestling business. Now, obviously, throughout these years, I've had my problems with CM Punk and maybe the way he's done certain things. If this is truly him, I can do nothing but praise him for the way he would be, quote unquote, returning. Now, if you go back and watch the video from that indie show, and, and, and let's give let's 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 give mention to them. What was it called? MKE? Or? Yeah, MKE Wrestling. It was a show that was promoted by Silas Young, and Silas Young actually tweeted out with that video. Here is some punk running in a match last night at MKE Wrestling, and it's at MKE underscore Wrestling. You never know who's going to show up at our shows. So he says punk in capital letters, all in capital. So Silas Young saying it. Now he was the promoter of the show. 
This is a small indie show. Like you said, there is roughly about 300 people in the building. Now, hey, CM Punk could have made his return if he wanted in front of 11,000 fans at All In. He could have made his return in front of 14,000 fans at at Double or Nothing. Or he could have made his return in front of 18,000 plus at Madison Square Garden. So if this is his return, he chose it to be in front of 300 people at MKE Wrestling. And I'll give you I'll give you a, um, a little build up here. Last night when uh, or two nights ago whenever when he hit the ring, <clears throat> there wasn't much of a response, was there? No, because I, I think it's your typical like indie show where somebody's right. running in. And then all of a sudden he hits the, the GTS and there was a spattering of people who were like, oh, 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 and maybe a couple of people chanting punk. Well, now that that's out there, if he were to hit the ring again at a different indie show, that place is going to explode. And then if he hits it at another indie show, that place is going to explode. And now indie shows all over the United States are going to benefit because we don't know if Punk's going to show up to this indie show. Is he friends with this promoter? Does he want to go drive to this show? And what if you were to see Punk hit the ring on two or three indie shows under this mask before Double or Nothing? And then at Double or Nothing, the masked man jumps the rails and hits the ring. And he picks up the guy, and it's the GTS and they unmask him, and it's not CM Punk. But then CM Punk's music hits. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> th- honestly, there's a lot of different ways you can go. If he truly wants to do that, maybe, maybe just maybe CM Punk is just tired of the politics of, of pro wrestling or just tired of it. And and this is kind of his way to just keep it in his keep it in his life maybe he's maybe he's not interested in getting a big contract or becoming coming back to pro wrestling full time maybe this is what he enjoyed about pro wrestling to begin with maybe it is these little indie shows in front of 300 people and maybe that he feels that's the lifeblood of pro wrestling that's what he fell in love with when he first fell in love with pro wrestling and this is what he chooses to do i mean robbie fox of barstool says that this isn't the first time that punk has done this he's appeared at indie shows as a mass character for years now it doesn't happen on a regular basis, but it happened like three or four times since 2015. Is that is that true? I don't know. I, I mean, I have no idea. And how would we know? And, and, every, the, and everything you just said about the reasoning why he would want to go back to a small building in front of 300 people, I understand, agree with, and can relate to. Because in 2005, when me and Devon left WWE, we did the exact same thing because we just wanted to go back to our roots and see how it felt to be in front of 300 people again. And it's an awesome feeling. And hopefully it was an awesome feeling for him. And maybe for CM Punk, if he doesn't get that feeling of the love of pro wrestling in front of 300 300 people, maybe then he's going to say to himself, you know what, then I'm just never going to feel it again. Well, I don't know how much he's going to be able to feel as a mass guy. Like, how much could he have possibly felt the other night in that run-in? There wasn't really anything to feel. Because look at the reaction of the people. When he first hit the ring, the people did not react. They had no idea who it was. Then he hit the GTS, and maybe a couple of people reacted. The whole place didn't blow and go start chanting CM Punk, no, did they? No, no, because so you don't know. Really, I right. mean, we've seen the GTS used on, on, on shows numerous times, and I'm sure with mass wrestlers at indie shows, nobody is expecting it to be CM Punk under the hood. And, and here's the thing. I went back and I watched the video, and, and I could be totally wrong here. Does Punk always hit the GTS with that knee, or did he use the left knee? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. When I saw him hit it, I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the way he hits it. But I could be totally wrong. I'd have to go back and, and yeah. check the video like, once Like I said, again. I'm, I'm admitting up front that I could be way off on this. Yeah, well, I'm watching I'm watching, the, I'm watching the video now. And, like, you know, CM Punk does the run-in. And then people are sitting on their asses. And here comes the masked guy. And, and people aren't even really paying attention to the masked guy. It's it's the it's the opponent with the chair. Here he has him up for the GTS again. Nobody's really 
hits the GTS. I think three people are clapping. He puts the, he puts the guy on top for the win. He runs out and and nobody is there's nobody like reacting to it at all. And that's what I said. Uh, that's what was my counterpoint to you talking about him feeling it. At that show, there was nothing to feel, but you got to start somewhere. And that last night was the spark. So if Punk wants to continue doing run-ins under the mask, at the next show, he'll probably feel it. Now, he just darted out and you never saw him again. Now, according to Wrestling Inc., and it's a site that I read regularly, Wrestling Inc. has learned that at one point the plan had been for Punk to actually take the mask off after hitting the GTS. Obviously, that did not happen. So I'm wondering how they got that information. And because they're they're definitely insinuating that it was CM Punk and that there was a car outside the venue waiting for Punk and then Punk drove off. So again, I guess I guess you know what? If if you have an indie promotion running in your backyard anytime soon, you may want to get a ticket now because maybe CM Punk is, is going to be on your local indie promotion in front of 200 people. But here's the thing. he's got If, if it is him and, and if he does have a plan, and listen, Punk is a smart guy. I'm sure he does have a plan. What's going to wind up happening is this. Every pro- indie promotion is going to put somebody under a hood and run them in just so people think that it's Punk. So they have to be real, you know, real smart about how they do this. I, l- listen, maybe there's plans. Once again, the word of the day is maybe. Maybe there's plans for Punk to go to an AEW. And the thing is, he's going to jump the rails two nights ago, and he's going to jump the rails next week and next week in an indie show, and then he's going to jump the rail as the indie, as the, as the mass man at, at Double or Nothing. Now he's primed people on social media where AEW lives, because AEW lives and breathes on social media, not on television right now. Yep. Everybody will be talking about it. When he were to jump that round, slide in the ring at, at double or nothing, if that was the plan, what a reaction it would be. And this was Silas Young's promotion, so I guess we we can't just say AEW. It could be it could be another promotion as well. You know, maybe oh, I, it's New Japan, maybe it's Ring of Honor. We don't really know. Listen, I've been I've been talking about Punk and Ring of Honor since the day we started talking about his name. Um I'd love to see Punk back in a company like Ring of Honor. To, to come back to the company that helped him put his name on the map, to a company that he helped build, to a company that he meant a lot to, to a company that the the fan base would appreciate him so much. Not that an AEW fan base wouldn't appreciate him or a New Japan fan base, but to go back to that company and help to continue that company to grow, to me, that's the right thing to do. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.